Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lauren.Live. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the spiritual health. Excuse me. Okay, we're going to start over. I never do that. That's so funny. I was <laughs> trying to right. change it up and that did not work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to Lauren.Live, everybody. This is the Spiritual Health and Lifestyle Podcast, and today I have Linda Polio with us out of Sedona, Arizona. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you doing, Lauren? Thanks Great. for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. So Linda and I just connected this week, actually, and luckily our schedule is aligned today and we were able to meet, so I'm really stoked to have you on the show. Um, she is a conscious this doula, which I'm really cool. I'm excited to hear about that. I've never heard of anyone called that um, title. And then also she's an author of Trusting the Currents. So we're going to talk about her book. Um, she's got a whole bunch of other things to offer, um, just spiritual stuff and um, consciousness related, transforming our crazy world that we're in right now. Um, she's been called to that. So I'd love if you would just give a little background on yourself, how you found yourself interested in this type of stuff, and also how you started a book. Okay. Um, well, I was sort of born into this. I don't remember a time in my life that I wasn't having unusual experiences. When I was a child, I used to communicate with insects and have all kinds of experiences in my room. Um, I was always the sort of odd child, um, hearing things and seeing things. So that was not abnormal for me. Um, then when I went to school, went to college, went into business, it sort of left me and I, you know, sort of in my own head, I had to get back into the real world. So during my 20s, I mostly just worked and uh, I went into advertising and I ended up having a, you know, successful career as an advertising executive. I ran new business for agencies for a long time. Then I started taking care of my father. Um, I hadn't seen him in a bunch of years. He was an alcoholic and we were sort of separated when I was um, in my early 20s, I guess. But he had had a heart attack and my uncle called me and said he's dying. And in the meantime, I had been learning different healing technologies. I had worked with Reiki and therapeutic touch and all kinds of energy work and crystals. So that had been something that had stayed with me from my childhood. Uh, so I went to see him at the hospital. He was unconscious and I started doing some energy work on him. And I've been doing healing work for a long time as well. I don't do it professionally on any level, but it's just something that it's been part of my, my existence. So I worked with him for a while. He came out of his coma and I took care of him for the next year. And a lot of that was not just about taking care of him, but it was also about healing the wounds of the family. Because if you're from a family that has any kinds of major issues around alcohol or drugs or anything like that, it's not just it's not just the individual that has the problem, but it fractures the whole family and everyone deals with it in the way that they best can. So I wanted to take that opportunity to work with my family. And my first thing was to work with my father and um, he stopped drinking and we started having a better relationship. And then I brought my brothers in. And then towards the end of that year of his life, he lived a year, um, I brought my mother in. And so by the time he finally passed, it was a very um, beautiful exit. He had been redeemed and I think he felt loved. And um, I think a lot of the issues that we had as a family were kind of resolved. And about um, three days when I was leaving the hospice that he died in, I saw a book 
that was laying on a bench. And I picked it up. It was this old weathered book, and it was called The Call of the Canyon. And it's by Zane Gray. And it's an old book from the turn of the century about, it turns out, about a woman from New York who was called to the canyons of Sedona um, for different reasons. She's there to follow um, her fiancé who goes out there after World War I to heal himself. So I throw the book in my back seat and I cry all the way home um, to New York City where I was living. And about three days later, I was waking up in the morning and I heard a voice say, go to Sedona. And I had never been there, but I'd heard of it. So about three weeks later, I got on a plane. I had nowhere to stay. I didn't know why I was going, how long I was going for. And I threw the book in my backpack and I got on a plane and about 15 minutes out of the airport, I got a flat tire. Mm. I stayed in a motel overnight and I read that book. Mm. And that's when I found out that the book was about a woman from, from New York who goes to Sedona. So it's a very unusual experience. And as I drove into Sedona, I literally felt the Red Rock Canyons embracing me saying, welcome home. And I stayed for five months the first time I went and I had all kinds of mystical experiences that sort of reawakened me to the spirituality that I had as a child. I had been, I had been very Catholic as a child, but then I kind of moved away from, from um, religion and really moved into more spirituality, particularly earth spirituality. I was very connected to the plants and the trees and insects. Um, so I had this amazing experience uh, when I went to Sedona the first time. And when I came back, I knew that there was no way that I was going to be able to go back into advertising or any into any other normal corporate world anymore. I had passed through some kind of veil and I wanted to take my experience that I had got, garnered all, after all those years, but I wanted to do something meaningful with it in my life. So I started the idea of bringing consciousness into the corporate world and I started working with um, the upstart conscious companies. A lot of them were the organic companies and different kinds of solar energy and all these little small businesses that were beginning to emerge at the time. And I worked with using my, my marketing skills and my strategic skills and particularly my um, communication skills as a writer to help them um, express themselves. And eventually I became the world's first chief consciousness officer. Mm. I worked for a large um, global marketing concern and I uh, worked with Fortune 100 CEOs and CMOs, helping them to understand what I called the human technologies of wisdom, intuition, compassion, empathy, forgiveness, and gratitude, and how to integrate them into their employees and their partnerships and their consumers. And I did that for several years and uh, really loved what I was doing. Um, and then my mother, got ill and I went into nine years of 24 seven care. Wow. <laughs> so that was another, my life has been a lot of starts in new beginnings. And that was a new beginning. I left behind everything that I had been before. And I really went into caregiving and that also began a journey into a very deep dark night of the soul where everything that I thought I was and that I was going to be all just kind of fell out from, mm -hmm. from beneath me. And I had to start over again. I had to um, move into the idea of suffering as a transformational tool because it was very uncomfortable for me. My mother was um, suffered a lot. So, and I'm an empath, so that was very hard on me. So in the process of all this, um, I had heard um, 
I started hearing the voice of an old black Southern woman. <laughs> I was working on a project um, on my computer. I was doing consulting work and I was working on my computer one day and I heard an old black Southern woman say, it's not what happens to me that matters. And I, I had been getting what I would consider high knowledge, um, meaning that I would get downloads of information that were very heart-based. I work primarily within the heart. So everything gets channeled and funneled through, through the energy of the heart because consciousness for me is like a giant donkey and everything is in there. And you, you pick, you have to pick where you focus your attention if you work in consciousness, because otherwise you'll just be anything can happen. So I chose the heart because I figure everything that no matter what new discoveries we we can make in consciousness. If it doesn't come through the heart, it's not really going to help humanity. It may give us information, but right now we really need people that are expressing themselves through the heart. So um, I just wrote down what she told me. And she wrote another two or three paragraphs that first day. And I put the I put my computer away. I didn't expect to hear from her again. Two or three days later, I felt her presence again and I wrote. And so for two years, I wrote stream of consciousness. She would speak to me. I would stop wherever I was. I would, and she always picked up where she left off. So I never mm -hmm. knew where the story was going until I was writing it. And um, about a year into writing it, uh, she told me to go back to Sedona. So I went back to Sedona and I finished channeling the last, I spent nine months there channeling the rest of the book. And then I put the book away for a, a year because I had to go back to my normal life um, and go back and make, make more money again and kind of join the real world. And then she started asking me to edit. It took me eight years to edit the book. Wow. So it took, and the reason it took eight years was there's three, there were three levels to the book. There's a story, which is the coming of age story of a young black girl in the rural 1930s South. And then there are um, sort of universal life messages that are woven through the book. And then there's an energetic frequency embedded in the writing that brings the reader into their heart as they read the book. Mm. So, um, that took me eight years and then in the process and I did that while I was taking care of my mother. So, you know, when we go through these difficult times, we have to look at what we're getting out of these difficult times. If, if I had not been locked into my mother's care, I don't think I would have finished the book, but I was a captive audience. So the writing of the book um, really helped define me in a way that nothing else ever has. I don't think I've been influenced by anyone else in my life as much as Addie Mae. Her name is Addie Mae Aubrey, and she is named after Addie Mae Collins, who is one of the four little girls that was murdered in the Birmingham church bombing in 1963 because I saw a picture of Addie Mae Collins one day as I was channeling the book and I just felt this really strong connection to her. So I always had a picture of Addie Mae Collins taped to my computer mm. while I was channeling her. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. What a story. Yeah, there's a lot. And then, you know, from there I just got further and further into consciousness mm. and energy work and, and frequency. I'm very much now involved with educating people to what energetic frequencies are and how they can play a role in, in your life and how to get there, you have to go in, internally. We're very externally focused. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we look at this giant universe on the outside, but really we have as big a universe on the inside of us, mm-hmm. but it's very unexplored and people are sort of afraid of going in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story. <laughs> we could just talk about that for the whole <laughs> whole episode. I mean, I am blown away. I, I really believe that the universe gives us gifts and signs. And so the fact that that book was sitting there on that bench for you, mm-hmm. you were from New York, went to Sedona. That was what the book, I mean, and you got the flat tire, which it is almost like it was forcing you to read the book. Yes, it was. Everything has been, um, and, and even when you're having a difficult time, if you really look at it very often, there's, there's a gift in it and there's a reason for it. It's just yep. that when it's uncomfortable, we don't want to see that. Sure. Gift. And sometimes, you know, like you said, dark night of the soul, I had a lot of guests talk about that when they've had their spiritual awakenings or yeah. things that fall out of your life, whether it's a loss of someone or job or relationship, mm-hmm. whatever, oftentimes that's making room for something else. There's a learning lesson in it. So what a, yep. you know, example of that. I'm that book with the Sedona thing. That's really cool. And this is kind of a tangent, but I've always, I've been to Sedona once. I know it's a pretty big spiritual place just briefly. What is it about Sedona? Why do you think it is such a spiritual, energetic place? Is it just within the earth that it's just it's the earth emanating? Well, I, think it, I think number one, it's the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm when I'm here, um, I am connected to the planet like like nowhere else. There is a consciousness to the earth here, and yeah. they talk about the vortexes. Yes, um, for me, I don't really feel the individual vortexes, but Sedona itself is very much a vortex. And when you're here, it's a place of healing Mm -hmm. and it's a place of initiation. And if you're called here, you will come here. There is no way that will stop you. But if you aren't supposed to be here, then you won't be able to come or you won't be able to sure. stay. Mm-hmm. And that happens to a lot of people, but it's, um, I mean, it's visually beautiful. Oh, yeah. I don't Just think there's visit. a more beautiful mm-hmm. place here, but yeah, there's a, and you know, and there was, this has always been a, a lot of native American mm-hmm. energy here. The, uh, the native Americans never believed that anyone should live in Sedona. It was purely a place of worship and the mm-hmm. different tribes would come and they would gather and they would worship together. And then they would go back to wherever they okay. were from so that is also still still that, here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That it was a, there's probably a lot of past energies from other lives and, yeah. and different healing. That's really amazing. And right. a lot of cosmic energy here. Mm-hmm. If you believe in mm-hmm. cosmic energies, uh, there's a lot of that here too. How cool. Well, it's on my <laughs> list to come back because it yeah. is just stunning. Um, okay, what a great way to start in. So now that you've shared about a little bit about, about the book, um, so, you, I mean, you talked a little bit about what it's about, but just um, if someone were to pick it up, I mean, what is your hope and, and your work and why do you think That's that, yeah. And there's a dragonfly on the cover mm-hmm. because um, while I was writing the book, I would be able to call dragonflies to me and they were land on my finger. Oh my gosh. And I had an experience with a dragonfly at the creek up in West Fork, mm-hmm. um, which is a little north of, of uh, downtown Sedona. And um, the dragonfly landed on my finger and I had this real sort of mystical experiences. And the next day, the dragonfly came into the book and Addie Mae told me the story and Uh, the the dragonfly became the icon for her. And it's really about transformation. Yeah, that's a often been talked about of hummingbirds, dragonflies, or yes. like, like either angels or just signs or spirit guides or whatever you want yeah. to call it. It's a sign of something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so when when people pick up this book, like what is your hope? And obviously, 
one, this is just channeled in. It's almost like you, it's not like you just like decided to write this book to help people. It was literally given to you as a way to help people. So you believe this is a universe working through you and a way to touch people through the book? Yes. I Mm -hmm. never had any intention of writing a book. And if you had told me I was going to write a book, I would have told you you were crazy. I do not have uh, the attention span to write a book, nor did I think I had the ability to write a book. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, in fact, when I first wrote the first draft, which took me two years, I didn't even have my name as the author. I said, by Addie Mae mm. Aubrey, because it was totally her story right. as told to Linda Polio. Mm. And it wasn't until I went through years of editing because I would, there's this book has an enormous amount of backstory behind it. All kinds of incredible people have touched this. It has had a wild ride. Um, I had, I decided to self publish the book um, after I had gone to the BEA book show which is a big book show in New York city. And no one knew what to do with this book. Here Mm. I was this white middle-aged woman from New York writing about a young black girl from the South. Um, It didn't really fit into a genre. It didn't really fit into any kind of perspective of what a novel really was. Mm. So um, I decided to self-publish it and it took me a year and a half, but then it came out and it's won 13 book awards so far That's so cool. and it's hit number one in inspirational fiction on, mm. on Amazon. And it just has a, it just has a life of its own. It really is a great book for anyone going through a lot of change mm-hmm. or struggle in their lives. And it's, it touches people of all ages and races and religion. It's really a book based on frequency. Mm. And if you're of a specific frequency, when anyone reads this book, depending on what frequency they're currently residing in, they will read it differently. And um, I'm involved in a, a four-week book club right now through through someone, and she read it the second time. And this happens a lot. Every time people read it, they have a completely different experience reading it because they're at a different place in their own consciousness. Yep. And it's sort of like a Rorschach test. Depending on where you are, you will have an experience with the book. That's so very cool. Okay, one second. I'm going to pause. I'm looking at the time. Can you hear my cat? No. Okay. I'm going to let my, I'm going to let the cat outside. This again. Something's okay. My going dog on. just came down. Did you hear the dog? No. The dog came running. Yeah, I'm going to let came the running down. And then my husband I'm called him let, up again. Um, let the cat out. I'm so sorry. This is the beauty, though, is we can edit it. So just one That's second. Okay. No problem. Okay. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about a special company that I've been digging lately. It's an earth conscious and sustainable jewelry line called Anna Luisa. I appreciate how fair their pricing is. Pricing starts at $39 with sales up to 40% off. If you're looking for a thoughtful, affordable gift, keep them in mind. They have the best layering necklaces that can be worn alone or matched up with several different pieces. Get your Valentine's Day gift shopping on at analuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com. You can use this special link to shop shop.analuisa.com slash Lauren live. New jewelry collections are released every Friday on their site. If you're listening to today's episode, it's a Friday, head on over to shop.analuisa.com slash Lauren live. I'm thrilled to share conscious brands with you that I believe in. I hope you check out their site when you have a chance, head on over to shop.analuisa.com slash Lauren live. Alrighty. I've done like, you know, X, I don't know how many we've done, 50 podcasts and 
this can never happen. And then it happened. There's like one or two. Once my baby woke up, it's like, well, this just oh, happened. Yeah. So thank you for your <laughs> it patience. It just happened. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, here. I made a mark 25 minutes in. So my husband okay. can edit that out. Um, okay, good. Whew, okay. So I'm trying to think where we want to pick up. So you were talking about transformation, each person reading it. It's really seems like it's very, it's, yeah, it's, it's very different depending on not only who reads it, but what point of, in their life that they read it. Okay. So here I'll start again. Um, So it sounds like the universe is really supporting this book. And I feel like it's meant to be that it's out there. It's touching people. It's on Amazon. A lot of people can find it amazing. Mm -hmm. We'll uh, list the description of the book and the link to it, um, you know, in the podcast description so people can find it too. Okay, great. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to have to add it to my list. Um, I'm so lucky I get to meet so many cool people and authors and I have these like huge lists of like books to read, products to try. There's just so many amazing things out there right now to support the healing and the growth. And I think, you know, it's easy to get so swept up in the negativity and the chaos of the world, but man, there's a lot of beautiful people and so much beautiful work and support out there to help us with this transformation. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things that you take interest in is global transformation. I would love if you could talk about what that means to you and how that relates to what's going on. I often ask guests, you know, what is your interpretation of what is going on right now? Mm -hmm. Um, You'd have to be very asleep to not see the chaos. (laughs) And then even deeper, there's people that are are kind of, I I hate to use the term, and I don't know how else to say it, but awakening um, Mm -hmm. to a lot of the pain and the the stuff that's not working anymore. I was going to make a joke when you were talking about helping uh, companies become more conscious. Um, Can we send you to Washington, D.C. to help with the government, right? I mean, it's just... I know, it's it's hard. You know what I mean? So it's it's a really interesting time. A lot of things that aren't working are crumbling and falling apart. It's very uncomfortable. Um, But I think it's really good too. And, um, there's so much growth happening right now. So what is, what is going on in your opinion, kind of in a spiritual, um, you know, the spiritual essence. And then I'd love if you just talk about global transformation and kind of what, what does that mean? And what are you hoping to, you know, you're playing a part in that and how can we all play a part in that? Well, I feel that, um, a couple of years ago, I mean, I've, I've been on this path for a very long time. And I always felt that we were going to go through some major change in our world. Even when I was very young, um, I thought it would happen long ago, but we don't, timing is very hard when you're working in the spiritual world because there is no time. And what we believe, you know, when things should happen is not necessarily when they happen, they happen in their divine timing. They, it does not, it's very impersonal. And I think a lot of people take, um, take a lot of what's going on very personally. And I believe that we're just sort of caught up in this wave of global transformation that much of that is energetic. It is coming in from the sun. It is coming in from cosmic places and it is literally changing our planet. And um, a couple of years ago I had had this sort of vision and I've, 
because I have a lot of people that I know. I'm, I'm, I'm connected to people all over the world that are doing this kind of work, that are very heart-based, mm-hmm. that are trying to support and help people as we go through this major change in our world. And I really thought that um, um, I got this vision of all of us being sort of acupuncture um, points on the planet. Like wherever you are is where you're supposed to be. Mm. And if you are part of this transformation, if you are waking up and realizing that the world that we have been living in is not working and it hasn't really worked. And, and I don't even look at it as like it's all of a sudden getting bad. I don't think it's ever been really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's been sort of like when the tide is in and the water is blue and everything's beautiful, you don't see the filth and the dirt and the, and the broken pieces underneath. But what's happening is that tide has come out. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we are looking at things that have always been there. Yeah. And unless they affect us, most of the time we're not really aware or do we care. Mm-hmm. Um, so for any major transformation to happen on the planet, it has to affect enough people so that, that they look at themselves and go, you know, how can I change? And and I always think, you know, if everyone would just clean up their own little acre of earth, we wouldn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, ch- I don't need to fix you. I don't need to help you. Um, I need to work on myself and make myself the, the clearest, the most loving, the most awake and aware person that I can be. And that will organically touch and transform other people. And, you know, I always tell people that we're part of those acupuncture points because a lot of times you get this, you get um, disgruntled that you aren't making a big enough sort of change in the world. Mm-hmm. But I tell those people, your presence is, is the change. You are the conduit. The energy is coming through you into the planet. The planet is changing and it is changing everything on the planet. Mm-hmm. So your mere presence is your success. I look at all the spiritual work that all of us do as sort of the exhaust system. Mm-hmm. So we have this energy comes in and we need as human beings to express ourselves. And so the exhaust system is me writing a book, me working as, as a consciousness doula, me helping other people that are going through these changes find their way through. And mm-hmm. I think the reason why a lot of us go through a dark night of the soul is that it's very much a part for some reason. I don't know why, but I have met hardly anyone that has not gone, gone through a very difficult time as they enlighten themselves. Mm-hmm. And so um, anything that, you know, I can do to help other people and guide them and sort of be a kind of kind of be a flagship that they can go, okay, you know, she made it through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She she survived. Just take it one step at a time. And a big part of that is going is learning how to go into neutrality Mm -hmm. because we get triggered so much by everything around us that Mm -hmm. when we learn how to observe our emotions and go into neutrality, um, we are able to kind of function way better. Yeah. And that's a good tip for right now, right? <laughs> Cause it's so, yeah. such a triggering, everyone seems so triggered all the time. And I, I mean, I do understand it like an empathetic, empathetic observer. I mean, I've been triggered. Everyone has, but yeah. I've tried to be more of the observer social media. I, I don't post things anymore. Like I, yeah. I really just don't see the energy being spent while doing that. But, um, it's a hard time because we do have so much being thrown at us, right? It's, it's almost impossible to stay away from it. And, well, I uh, think what's happening too is I think a lot of our childhood traumas are mm-hmm. coming up to be mm-hmm. 
felt. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us have had some kind of difficulty in, in childhood, even mm-hmm. if it was something that we're not in touch with because we were unconscious or we didn't have language at the time, mm-hmm. um, or it's ancestral, where mm-hmm. it's in our ancestral blood. Yep. Um, and where we don't, what happens is we start feeling pain. And instead of sitting there and trying to feel it and allowing it to come up and getting in touch with it, we spit it at someone else. Mm-hmm. Or um, we distract ourselves and numb ourselves. I mean, again, yeah. I watch stuff on Netflix. I'm on social media. I tune out yeah. sometimes too. I'm a human. Um, being conscious to it and setting limits and balance is the key, mm-hmm. right? But there's some beautiful things and relationships that have formed from those things. But um, I'm actually watching 1883 right now. Have you watched no, that or heard that it? Yet. No, you should it watch it. It's yeah. really good. So it's the spinoff of, if anyone's um, familiar, most people have heard of Yellowstone. It's very popular right now yeah. with Kevin Costner. It's a spinoff of how... This family in the 1880s found the land in Montana and they came as part of the whole pioneer. I didn't Mm -hmm. expect to be so touched by the show, but I think because I'm aware of so much spiritually, I'm really watching it in a spiritual observer state. And it's really been quite touching just the sacrifice that all those people, you know, took. And I'm almost feeling the pain. And I don't know, you know, all of us, I believe in reincarnation. Maybe we've lived yeah. during some of those times and um, just the, the pain and the death and the suffering that took place during that time period specifically, um, how that has even energetically, right? Maybe in parts of the world mm-hmm. even left that there. So when you're talking about that kind of stuff, I just think, yes, there's probably so much ancestral pain that we don't even realize we're holding and it's holding exactly. us back. And what an opportunity right now, because it's becoming more um, known and more mainstream to be able to go to Reiki and different mm-hmm. mediums. Um, what a really cool time to explore that. Yep. And, yeah. And, and the whole idea of judgment, I mean, you know, most of us are ca- carrying at, at the minimum unconscious shame mm-hmm. and, and a lot of judgment. And we live yeah. in such a judgmental world right now. And we're all just these little humans stumbling and bumbling around mm-hmm. as best we can. And if we could just see that and, Give us, give, give ourselves and everyone around us a little slack. Oh, please. We <laughs> need it. Cut everyone a little slack, people. Yes. We're yes. all in the same boat. Yeah. And once we realize that and we really start supporting each other and, you know, staying away from the people that are toxic because mm-hmm. they have to come to their own awareness. Um, but once you be start becoming aware or awake or whatever mm-hmm. term you want to use, um, really start looking around at, at the other people that are, in the same boat you're in and that maybe need, you know, your support and your guidance and your judgment. And I think once we really start connecting and I know there are a lot of people that I know that are building these new platforms, Mm -hmm. these, you know, sort of conscious platforms that are going to be connecting and Mm -hmm. it's all about connecting and co-creating and, and supporting and providing all kinds of books and workshops Mm -hmm. and, and uh, communities. So we finally can work together. Yeah. And that is the beautiful thing that's coming out of this. Like we had spoke about before we started, I started this podcast for that very reason. And I've connected with such amazing people. I feel like it's such a blessing. Like I'm learning so much personally. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing, but I'm hoping to spread that to others that are watching and how people share it. And and that's the whole goal is just for people to, to be touched, to learn something, to think outside of a box. And Mm -hmm. I agree with everything you're saying. We just need so much grace right now. I mean, all of us are experiencing things and I've had relationships that have shifted. It's been very painful because I've come, like you said, when you were um, with your mother and you're starting just everything felt like 
what I don't know. I just like this change. I don't feel like I relate to things that I used to anymore. And it's been hard for me too. Like people have told me like, it's hard for me to relate to you. And I, I'm like, I get that because I have <laughs> changed a lot, but until you go through it personally, it's like, you can't explain it to anybody. And no. so when you're talking about like Addie coming through to you, it might sound crazy to people, but until you start having little things like this happen, you'll never really truly understand. And so that's why it's nice to not judge others because there's all kinds of energy out there that if we don't take the time to tap into, of course, you're not going to feel it. Um, so I really, I, I love that you're speaking about this um, to the public. And I think more and more people are just learning how to channel, get things coming through. And mm-hmm. I mean, what are some things that we can all do just besides obviously having grace, but like just within ourselves, like what are some practices or ways of thinking with like you said, it's always been there, but it feels more amplified, at least at this mm-hmm. moment. There's so much going on in this world. What can we do to kind of like keep that balance and keep moving forward and heal? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's never been more potential than there is right now because, you know, we're all being cracked open. Mm-hmm. And in that, and, you know, when we get cracked open, our heart breaks, mm-hmm. our belief systems shatter. Um, so it feels like everything is breaking down, but really what's just happening is we're just, we're just moving into a new space. And if we get scared and hold on to that, you know, it's kind of like, I always tell people don't, don't, you know, run under a building that's collapsing and try to catch the bricks and put the bricks back in place. Mm -hmm. Step back, let it all come down. And when it's down, then go and get build Mm. the bricks and build something more beautiful. And I think, that's what we should do is is it's really important right now to really work on yourself to really detach from social media sit in silence meditate journal go out in nature hug a tree talk to an insect just be be with yourself because the answers are all inside of us we're just through our social conditionings we have we haven't been taught to go in there we've taught that the answers are externally based yes. and they're not only externally based but they're externally based with authority figures mm-hmm. and whether those authority figures is the government religion or celebrities mm-hmm. they're not you mm-hmm. and so if if all people do is just shut down everything and sit with themselves and it's going to be uncomfortable in the beginning because when you finally sit with yourself all the bugaboos, Mm -hmm. all the little, you know, things that you don't want to feel start coming up Mm -hmm. and it gets you scared. So you, then you go, Oh, let me watch Netflix. Right. (laughs) Let me just don't watch Netflix, sit there and allow yourself to feel and observe and go in and then go into neutrality. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a, you know, when I was taking care of my mother, I was going through an incredibly difficult time and I had to get away for about three weeks because I thought I was going to die. I was so sick and exhausted from the 24 seven care. So I had somebody there and I, I took off and I, about two weeks into this, where I was finally starting to like find myself again. Oh, there she is. Um, my mother called and I don't remember what the conversation was, but in a split second, I was sure I went into a total panic. I got triggered. She said something that triggered me. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I had to leave. I had to go back. I was going to. And so and then I stopped myself and I looked at my hand and I went, is this true? Like, is the way I'm feeling true? And then I realized that I was pulling the past. Mm. I was pulling the past into my present. Mm. 
and I was creating fear. Mm -hmm. And then I was projecting that in the future that I'd have to go back. And so I said, okay, right now, where are you? And then I looked at my other hand. I said, okay, if this is not true, what is true? What is true is that I'm sitting in this beautiful place. I'm drinking green juice. I'm getting really healthy. This is the truth. And then I took one small step. I can't remember what I did, but I did something that reinforced that I was in this good place. Mm. And five minutes before, I was in a total panic. Mm -hmm. And just by taking my attention away from the fear and putting it into the possibility and the truth of that moment, I completely evaporated this thing that had become this giant monster Mm -hmm. in my head. And I think, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't been sitting by myself in silence. Mm. Um, and I, I would just tell everyone to just spend time alone and allow whatever goblins are coming up, just watch them, mm-hmm. love them, observe them. Yeah, that's good advice. And then talk to people that you can talk to because when you first become awake and you first become aware, you're probably going to be alone. Yeah. There is no one around. They so think you're crazy. You have to find people. <laughs> yes, they think you're crazy. Yes. Um, and to them, you are. Yeah. And you may always be because we don't, you know, this is a long journey. I mean, life is long. And some people are going to go through their whole life and not know anything more than they do right now. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's them. Mm-hmm. It's Worry about, about you. yourself. Yeah. It's about, it's about you getting mm-hmm. to that place of, of knowing who you are. And sometimes you need to be by yourself. Sometimes you need to be with community. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to read books. Sometimes you need to take workshops. And that's, you have to look for your inner guidance to know where you're supposed to go. And you're going to stumble along the way. This is an imperfect process. Yeah. Thank you. That's good affirmation. And I'm resonating with that too. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are. I think that's what's interesting again, as an observer, but mm-hmm. yes, let's focus on ourselves. Obviously we help others and serve others too. But I do think there are, cause so many people are speaking out about it and you feel a little less alone yes. um, because it is part of our human experience. Right. Um, but to be together and kind of relate and see mm-hmm. what people are thinking and feeling. But I do think there is also a collective awakening happening where people Definitely. are realizing like, whoa, like there's some weird, I mean, I'm not going to go down conspiracy theories and stuff. There's some weird stuff happening in Hollywood. There's weird stuff happening with the elite. I mean, even this whole like Maxwell trial, again, not to get too into it, you observe it. There's weird stuff interlaced. It's been like that for a long time. It's starting to kind of come out. Everything with COVID and vaccine, we don't even need to talk about it. People know, but you find your truth. But a lot of people are waking up to things. Woo, all the stuff in our products that are toxic and yes. there's been a lot of and movement they've always been that way yeah. they've and always been that way we totally. just didn't we didn't pay attention and that's why it is about our consciousness yep. is being awakened and consciousness is a technology mm. just like digital technology when i was working as a chief consciousness officer and i'd be working with these big companies the way i would explain it is just as when digital technologies came onto the planet and they were in the process of transforming the way we live and the way we did everything else there were specific people chief technology officers you know people that own technology companies who understood these technologies Mm. and helped usher in this new world for us Mm -hmm. and now we're looking at the human technologies right and these are these are more feminine technologies they're internal digital technologies are external Mm -hmm. they're more masculine Mm -hmm. and these these inner technologies of wisdom intuition and compassion empathy forgiveness gratitude These are things that can help transform us. And so people that are beginning to wake up, that have an awareness, 
they can help use these mm -hmm. technologies to help other people as we go through this. Absolutely. And I mean, anyone who's heard of it or experienced it, whether you are the healer or like, for instance, I've been like, not the patient, but I've gone to different mediums and energy, you know how exquisite and powerful energy is. And I think that's what's so hard for people that may not be as familiar with it as just you, you think you have to take medicine or you have to use a device, but we have so much energy within us. I mean, people, I don't know what his name is, but like the, they call him like the cold man, that guy that can be in those like frigid oh, yeah. temperatures. He takes cold showers mm -hmm. every day, but he's literally been able to, you know, he does it all mentally in meditations where he can just withstand such extreme conditions. Now, I'm not saying everyone go do that, but it shows the power of, of your mind. And that's what meditation and all those things are. So I think manifestation, projecting, if you practice with it yourself, don't it's do it because I'm telling you and you're telling, mm -hmm. do it for yourself and experiment. And I think that's what's so cool about kind of like my little spiritual journey is little things will come through hummingbirds or the mm -hmm. thing like that with the book. You can't deny that stuff. New York yep. to Sedona and that was your, ex like, that's, a, you can't make that up. This is the I universe. Know. There's a law of attraction and energy waiting for everybody. And it's available if you're willing to be available to it, to observe it, to welcome, to ask it in. So, so I love your story so much because it's just a perfect example of it, but you have to be willing to be open. Well, to synchronicities it. are like that. It, they happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. They just like, I could have, she could have spoken to me and I could have said, it's just my imagination right. and shut it down, mm -hmm. but I had to open to it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I believe the next big thing that we're going to be working with in consciousness is the idea of working with frequencies yeah. because frequencies, you know, if you look at our chakras, they're different frequencies and the way everything's frequency, colors are frequency, yeah. sounds are frequencies, mm -hmm. thoughts are frequencies. So once people are able to understand what frequencies are and begin to understand how they operate within our body, our body is, is a instrument mm -hmm. that these energetic tech frequencies work in mm -hmm. but we just don't know we don't know how the instrument works yeah so that's that is what those of us that are on the forefront of this are doing right now is mm -hmm. practicing on ourselves basically yeah. how do we work with these frequencies sure um and then ultimately as people become more awake and they're able to work and you know pain is a wonderful tenderizer mm -hmm. pain's a great awakener mm -hmm. you know if if people would be able to figure this stuff out without suffering it would help but suffering actually opens up the soul right expands consciousness forces you out yep. of your comfort zone that's true yep i was thinking too like i mean Again, we live in, most of us that are, if you have access to this podcast, you're living probably in some form of modern society, right, with devices <laughs> and things. But that goes back to like Native Americans, whether it be like in Arizona, Sedona, or like the show that I'm watching, 1883, where mm -hmm. white men are coming into native land and all that. But this stuff has been practiced for so long. If you really think about it, even now you go to different tribes that are remote, they use, you know, herbal medicine and energy mm -hmm. healing, and there's been shamans. This is like not new stuff. It's coming through more mainstream. And I realize there's been, you know, Reiki and meditation yoga has been around for, for decades right. now, but it's more mainstream and accepted as not woo woo now. And I think even more and more, just even the last couple of years, things that are coming through with chakra clearing, it's becoming less weird to people because they're practicing it. They're seeing it's working. No medicines ever helped them with illnesses and now they're healing. Right. So mm -hmm. this stuff has been around forever. I guess you were, and I were talking about it. I like to talk about this on the show because sometimes it can be a bit woo-woo and, you know, we're all skeptical, but this stuff is not new. It's been around forever. 
um, it's really not that weird. We're just so programmed to think in a technological we're way. Yeah, yes, we're just we're so programmed. Just programmed. And, and woo-woo and being skeptical is a good thing because there's a lot of falsehoods out there. Sure. So that's why it's, you know, that statement, you know, know thyself. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing you can do is really know yourself so that that so that you resonate. When someone tells you something, you have an inner residence mm-hmm. that goes yes or no. Mm-hmm. Your intuition. And that, that is, that is practicing frequency is when you, when I say something to you and, and you all of a sudden go, Oh, that's, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Now that may not be everyone's truth, sure. but it's your truth at that time. And truth is like a prism. It changes depending mm-hmm. on the angle. Mm-hmm. And when we think that one person or one group owns the truth, that's when we have problems because no yes. one really owns the truth. The truth is within us and it changes depending on who we are, where we are, mm-hmm. um, and you know what we're trying to do in the world. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's okay for it to change too. I think that's yeah. another thing people have said like, oh, you've changed or things are changing. Yeah. Well, so much growth can come out of change. And the thing is you can change again throughout that. Like nothing is set in stone. And that's the beauty of this experience. And I think, I don't know, freedom comes with change or loss often too. And I think that's what's been kind of inspirational for me to share. And it sounds like with you and others that are having these, I mean, you've, you've been in tune to this stuff for a long time, but when you lose something or you go through pain or health problems or whatever it is, you often let go of belief systems or toxic people, abusive mm-hmm. relationships, like whatever it is, freedom from social media. And there's such a freedom to it. You can't explain it. So although it's been really hard to, to yeah. you know, this all this like program stuff that I felt like my whole life. And I'm like, oh, like, this feels like a loss. It feels scary. I feel like I don't even know it's true with it, but I also feel so free. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Well, the end of suffering is always freedom. Yeah. I wrote a blog about suffering because I, I went through so much of it in the caring of my mother and I lost so much in the process mm-hmm. that I was really trying to understand what it was. And I realized that in the middle of the worst of the suffering, when I was try- I kept trying to push it away going, I'm going to hold this back and then I'm going to go back to my normal self. I'll, I'll go back when mm-hmm. I, and then I realized as it was trying to move through me, I just had to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. I had to accept the place I was in at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. And there was a freedom um, at the end. Even if you're suffering to die, there's a, there's always freedom at the end of suffering. Yeah. So it's just a matter of allowing yourself to learn through the experience. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of beauty involved as well. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, all good things on the planet come from suffering. Mm-hmm. All, all of our, you know, best religious, political, uh, great artists suffer. Mm-hmm. Everything that good that's coming out of the planet comes out of the ashes of suffering. Yeah. Someone had to suffer, like you're talking about 1883. They had to suffer for us to have that land, for that Mm -hmm. land to be ready. You know, I mean, we um, wouldn't be living. I wouldn't be living where I am right now if someone didn't brave to come out west, right? That's why I think it's been such a touching show. We're joking, like don't watch Netflix, but watch this one show. It's actually, I think it's on (laughs) Paramount Plus. But choose wisely on what you watch. Is is the point? Um, Well, it's also about time. Like as long as you're watching and you're spending time with yourself instead of Mm -hmm. using external forces to keep yourself from from who you are and are numbing out 
feelings and pain. Or, or I think too, like if you're engaged in something and you're learning and, you know, I look at a lot of spiritual pages and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. But if you're just, I, then I'll notice I'm just like scanning, not, like I'm not even paying right. attention. That's where it's like, okay, let's re- redirect our, right. our time and energy, right? So balance is key, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it is incredible, all this stuff. And um, I wanted to make sure though, before we kind of wrap up, what are you doing now? The book's been, like, are you working on any projects now? And then um, we kind of already talked about just conscious doula, but it, how did you come up with that term? And are you doing things right now to help others or? Yeah, well, I, um, you know, I went, my mother died like three years ago. So okay. I took me a year to close down her life after that. Anyone who's dealt with someone who's died knows it takes a while to close down someone's life. Mm-hmm. And then um, I decided to move to Sedona because mm-hmm. I was living in New York City my entire life. But I had been coming to Sedona for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So I was, I'm coming to Sedona. But um, so I dragged um, my husband out here in 2019 because he was an avid New Yorker and mm. he was going, I'm not going anywhere. So and to get him sort of involved with it. So um, what the time we decided to actually make the move, we made the move in the middle of the, pa- the pandemic was just getting going. So mm. we hit Sedona in the middle of the pandemic. So it's been a wild. It'll be two years, the end of March that we're here. Mm. So it's been a wild ride. But I I moved into the consciousness doula because I'm all about consciousness. That's I am here to help people, mm-hmm. businesses, whoever, to understand what we're going through and that there is a better way of living down the line. And I, and I believe that we are heading towards a much better place. Yeah. We have a lot to go through yet. We are nowhere near through this. It's going to be a few more years and mm-hmm. a lot more structural issues and mm-hmm. a lot more struggles are going to be around. So the more you can sort of get in touch with yourself and um, and hold on to people that you care for and, and reach out to people that share your values and, and share your belief system, the better you'll be. But um, my whole thing was I, I wanted to work with getting people aware of consciousness. And um, when I was working with a com- with companies, I was a chief, tech, a chief consciousness officer because it was sort of like the terminology. And doula, you know, birth doulas have mm-hmm. been around for yeah. forever, you know, for hundreds of years. And recently, death doulas. Mm-hmm. And what doulas do is they bring forth something. Mm-hmm. They help bring forth. And so I came up with the idea of a consciousness doula because I feel like I'm here to bring forth um, awareness and consciousness in people. Mm-hmm. And whether that is through my book and I'm working on a couple other books and or I, I work with people one-on-one and I'm working on a series of workshops right now. And I'm also working with a lot of people around the world that are creating all kinds of beautiful platforms that eventually as the old world continues to collapse and this new world begins to emerge with this new level of consciousness and this new heart centeredness that is a big part of it mm-hmm. that um so i'm working you know using both of both my my advertising business development strategic communication mm-hmm. skills and my ability to work with frequencies and and feel things and see things and be able to language things properly. So I'm working with all different kinds of people. I mean, there's no, I don't have a specific, there's nothing linear about my life. Mm. <laughs> there's nothing linear. Or the white light is coming in as we're speaking. I see. <laughs> I'm, I'm bleached out, everybody. The sun's coming in. It's a good sign. Um, Wow, that's so neat. And I love to, I've had another guest on, um, if anyone's watched the Sheila V, she's in Australia, but she was a oh. big exec 
Mm-hmm. She wrote a book, but same thing. She was able to bring consciousness into the corporate space. And I think a lot of us don't, and I've worked in tech and those places too, where you don't really often feel same thing with religion. Like it's always feels separate, but yeah. gosh, it can totally be intertwined. And there's no reason why it can't no. be. It's just that the problem with bringing it in, cause I was doing this many years ago when no, no, I, people didn't even know what the word consciousness was. Right. I had to explain what it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the problem with bringing it into corporations is that as long as money is the primary driver, Mm -hmm. you would, you can never really do this because it has to be about, um, stakeholders when you come from a corporate perspective, it has to be about stakeholders. It has to help everyone right Mm -hmm. now. We're basically living in sort of, you know, corporate dictatorships, you know, they decide what we eat and what we, I mean, so it's they don't want that to change. And until we either get leadership that is more heart-based and they're, and they're out there and they're, they're struggling through, or we get enough of a collapse mm-hmm. of our civilization that these systems are organically just going to come down. And then what comes up are people that finally go, okay, let's build things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's build things with the heart as, as the center of a company and the consumer mm-hmm. as the primary you know, shareholder. Yep. And we but have to when, demand it too, like the consumer you and have the to collective. Demand it. And, you know, particularly, you know, women, I mean, you know, coming from my marketing background, 80% of all purchasing decisions mm. are from women. Interesting. So women have the power of the purse. If women really came together yeah. and said, I am not going to, let's, let's boycott these five companies because mm-hmm. they're not helping families and they're not helping women and they're not helping children. We're going to stop buying from you Mm -hmm. until you start making healthier food or whatever. Everything would change. We have the power. We just don't use it. That's true. And that comes in any facet. It's just as far as like voting and, and yeah, but I I agree with that's a big, but we've been programmed that way. I mean, you know, our cultural conditioning from the time we were children, Mm -hmm. particularly women has been that we have to stay in our place. Yep. Or Um, we just aren't aware. There's a lot of people that don't know what chemicals are they don't even look at the labels and things or like just small you know small changes like i will only now buy organic tampons i never thought about that before but why would i put bleached horrible things up that are going into my bloodstream that's awful like right but it takes a lot of us to make the change but the good news is they're starting to become products that are available like that and education yep so part of it is consciousness education yep yep it's really about education and you know why are women all of a sudden getting, getting, you know, breast cancer in the numbers they are. That's mm. not just an accident. It's There's because reasons. Of the, exactly. the deodorant they're using under their arms and the hair colors that they're using right. and all the, to- the, the toxicity mm-hmm. of their body. And their body is just trying to rid itself. Yeah. It's creating tumors to create, to try to encapsulate all this. Right. Yep. That's very true. It's really, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing time to be alive right now. And it's very difficult. Um, mm. And that's why it's important for, you know, podcasts like yours and different, you know, people that are trying to bring people together and inform and inform the world of the possibilities. Yeah. You know, we have this giant landscape of possibilities that we can change the world if we only, you know, kind of a become aware that we can change it and B we take responsibility for yeah. our own life. And then, and then we work with other people. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful future if we look for it. I agree. We're at a very interesting (laughs) point. I think we can make a lot of cool changes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for all your work and your positive light that you're shining and the time that you took to write the book. And thank you. I think that's such a gift. So thank you for all of your service and 
you know, as we kind of wrap up, where can people find, find your book, find you online? Um, well, I, the book is on Amazon. Um, it's also on Barnes and Noble and iTunes and it's on all the basic places you can buy a book. Um, it's not in bookstores though, but it is available on all the Okay. E- ebook and it's um, called trusting and the currents it's called trusting it's got the, the dragonfly <laughs> the dragonfly okay. on the cover yeah and um uh, and i have a website lindapalio.com and i'm on all social media i'm on instagram and okay. facebook and all that you know okay. trying to keep the keep the word out there exactly. so i could be found on all those too. yes the relevant <laughs> tools okay well we'll link yeah. everything like i mentioned and all right, thank you wow i really appreciate your time today it's been a beautiful conversation, uplifting, um, and just, you know, further inspiration as, as some of us feel, you know, the ebbs and flows of, of the things that we're going through. So just remember there's so much ebb and flow and that's the current, right? That's trust. Well, that's why the book is so, you know, I, I channeled this book so long ago that it it's now come into its time because mm-hmm. it, the book is all about, even though it's a novel, it's all about trusting the currents, yeah. um, no matter where they're taking you when, yeah. once you, but it, it's about knowing yourself first. But what a perfect time, you know, yeah. to have this book out there for all of us. Wow. So cool. Well, I really enjoyed meeting you, Linda. Yeah, thanks Lauren. And Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And you guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, wishing you all the best love and light. There's a lot going on, but as you can see, there's some beautiful opportunities and work and support systems. So many people like Linda out there, uh, reach out if you're curious. I'm sure she'd love to chat with you. And um, if you have any questions for me, obviously you can always comment or DM me on Instagram at real Lauren live. My website is lauren.live. And I hope that you guys all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.